0: I'm annoyed. I'm annoyed. We'll do research on the back end and figure this out. Yeah, I'll research some stuff. And if anybody knows of any good uh, webcams that are like the razor. If this is not going to work, if this will lovely...
1: HD folks full, full HD, HD, 60 frames, frames per second
0: that will actually okay. work on my Mac and not yes. give me a headache a year later. Uh, that would be great. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Oh anyway. wow. Well, hello and happy Sunday.
0: Hello and happy Sunday. Um we actually have a little bit of a a, a hard step on this one cuz I'm going furniture shopping.
1: So <laughs> oh, okay, what's our hard well what a, a cool hour
0: yeah as it, sh-
1: as it should be as
0: it should be so let's,
1: let's get it going So oh,
0: like no no monkeying around
1: today let's get right into it what are you reading
0: what are you reading Naomi
1: well the other day or sometime this week I started the book Parish by mm-hmm. Latoya Watkins mm-hmm. Uh thank you tiny rep books for sending me the ark And Mm -hmm. a finished hardcover copy. Thank you so much. I love when authors.
0: I love. I said authors. I love when. I love when they do that too.
1: Yes, me too. Um, So this is out now, and I am two hundred and twenty-five pages in. Let me tell you something. The writing is so good. I think I found a new favorite author. Uh, This is a story about a family that is steeped and trauma. We're talking generational violence, inherited trauma. It is is so heavy to read because seeing the effects of the abuse that these now adults experience as they were children and how that's playing out in their lives is so incredibly heartbreaking. You just want to die. I think that Miss Watkins wrote this in such a vivid visceral manner that you'll be thinking about this book days, weeks, possibly months after you finish it. Um, I want to talk That's about I, this. Oh, well, you're like
0: how I, it just sounds like how I'm feeling oh, coming off of Betty. So Right <laughs> Lots I mean, I of just, trauma, never going to forget it. Right.
1: <laughs> I want to talk about this one scene really quickly though, because it just it just really, really uh shook me. So um um a a mom uh, what what was what is her name i forget her name but one of the sisters who's now a mom she has a brother named bacon and uh she also has a little boy and she watches a scene where bacon her brother like touches the shoulder of her son and the son like shudders and like and it brings her back to when they were abused as children you know including the brother Mm -hmm. and She questions herself like, you know, was I wrong for leaving him with my brother? And then she stops herself and she's like, you know, no, Bacon was wrong. Uh, She had been wrong to allow him to stay, but this couldn't be on her. And then she says, the boy's evil flowed because he existed at all. Bacon hadn't needed to stop the boy's mouth at all. Maybe Maybe it was what the boy wanted. Perhaps he was born for such things because he had been born of such things. Th- this is when I had to close the book for a minute and just yeah. walk away, and just walk away because that right there really shows you how entrenched and how deep that generational trauma is. So I highly recommend this book. I'm not done yet, um, but I love it. It's it's fantastic. I love Parrish, a good book. Mala, that, um, I love a
0: good book that like you actually like viscerally feel it, and you have to take breaks because yeah. Like, so like yeah, clearly um, yeah. If you've been following on Instagram, we're doing all this in real time. I literally finished Betty at like 11. 55 last night, and it was yeah. I whole the whole of part five, I just sh- like traumatically, ugly sobbed through the entire thing, and like I'll never forget it. But like your heart, my heart was in my chest. I love a good book like that. I love a book mm-hmm. where you're, like, you're literally, and it doesn't always have to be sad. Like you, be, like where you, you just have a wave of actual emotion. Like yes. It's really good. So like that sounds good. I also love a kid named Bacon. Right. <laughs> right. So
1: how do you recommend? And what are you, what are you reading? Or would you just so, finish?
0: Uh well I just finished Betty, but we already talked about Betty in another we Betty's getting a lot of talk. So Betty's Betty's his own thing. Uh I today I just started The Remains of the Day by kazuo ishugura I'm trying to say the name better because I always say it wrong and I'm trying really hard since this is the third book by him now that I'm reading and I'm becoming minorly obsessed with the skill of at which he writes stories um I should learn how to say his name correctly I think
1: so oh, hang on I uh, know you read Claire on the Sun what other uh issue I finished never let me go a couple weeks ago oh
0: that's right okay mm-hmm. um which that has like hints of of uh Clara the sun but is a totally different book and this is I I don't know if you saw the movie because we are of the generation where the movie with Anthony Hopkins and yeah um, I,
1: what's name? I feel like I've seen the movie but I don't remember the movies a long time ago. I mean I've
0: definitely seen the movie and I don't yeah. remember it either but this is essentially the story of a butler going on this car journey journey uh, just after World War II World War II to like I think like talk to this lady to see if she wants to come back to work at the house where he works and what you get through that is you get this it's just like a very quiet ruminating book about uh post-war britain pre-war britain how much things have changed all through the eyes of this butler and his experiences so it's meandering between him in the present, going on this car journey through england and you have to realize that like, he doesn't he experienced he is like one of the passages he says is he experienced when his when his current um boss the person who owns the house where he works um who's like an american is like you know go yeah you should you should get out and see some stuff because like you've never gotten out and see some stuff and he's like i've seen the whole world he like pass by through this house right mm. so this is actually him going out into the actual world
1: and really experiencing
0: life and then reflecting back on his past experiences in this house throughout his time as a butler so it's a really beautifully written book it's not gonna be for everybody who wants yeah. to read about the life about butler maybe not everybody but the skill with which this man writes i mean that's why he's won a nobel prize but like yeah the skill is just phenomenal every book is so different i was I, you know i keep thinking about our conversation we had and you guys will see it in a in an upcoming video where we talked about douglas stewart and Suggy main mm-hmm. and young mungo and the similarities and how like yes he has talent but they're like <laughs> hi <laughs> We're live, Lincoln Bio. So, like, yes, he has talent, but if it's the same thing over and over again, do you get tired? Uh, like, mm-hmm. what is talent if you're just gonna do the same thing over and over again? And like, Kazuo yeah. Ishiguro. Somebody, please try to help me say this We're right. We're live, Lincoln Bio. Keep going. Thanks. <laughs> um, I don't know what I was saying. You I distract me. That's fine. I'm sorry. Lives are fun. No, lives are fun. This is why it's fun. Um no but like he's the skill that he has in creating unique stories that are also identifiably his um it's just a pleasure to read his books and also this is the kind of thing that i need coming off of the salty-faced journey that it was benny (laughs) yeah um yeah. So I, I and I just picked up from Pango When We Were Orphans, which is another one of his books that sounds really good. So that'll be the mm-hmm. next one
1: up. Um Okay, well I do have remains bracket. of the day. So I'll definitely have to move it up on the list. I keep thinking about him. Like he's like the
0: character, like a great character actor version of an of a um of a writer you know like a great character yeah. actor can become anybody and you believe them in every role and his stories kind of function the same way so far for me like i believe all of these stories and all these stories are written in their own unique voices every hmm. narrator every character they are 100 totally themselves authentically and are different one book from the next. Like there are things from Never Let Me Go that kind of connect a little bit to Claire and the Sun, so I can see mm-hmm. where they may have that that previous work may have influenced a future work. But they are so uniquely themselves, which I think is beautiful.
1: And do you so think I'm falling in love like with him like Never Let author. Me Go?
0: Yes, I do. I do, I think it's a little bit gothic. It's the kind of book oh, where, it like, is? yeah, there's like a setting about it yeah i didn't really know anything either but like the setting's really kind of gothic I there's a lot of i feel like you don't know a lot about it because nobody really wants to spill the beans because there's a lot of oh, little things okay. to spill and it's not like earth shattering really the way it gets spilled to you it's not like a thriller with some crazy twist where you're like oh my god but right. there are lots of little twists and little nuggets of surprises throughout. So I'm I'm guessing people just don't want to surprise you or or ruin the surprise or spoiler. I mean, I don't want to but there are things that are kind of similar. You can see how the works have influenced each other, like I said, Uh, but it's kind of gothic. It's the kind of book where your narrator is telling you a story. And then they're like, Oh, and I forgot to tell you and then they drop like, some left turn on you. Right. And then that just keeps going throughout. It's really it's really good. I'm I'm enjoying I'm enjoying this journey of this author and it's be, he's becoming an
1: absolute favorite. You're making me want to read Remains of the Day this month.
0: Read it. It's short, it's like 200 and something pages. Yeah. And then we should watch the movie.
1: Yes. Yes. <laughs> so, but what so talk saying all of that? What are we here to talk about? We are here to talk about our August book club pick, which is Elena Knows by Claudia Pinheiro. Translated from the is it French? Spanish. Spanish she's Argentine by she's... thank you. By mm-hmm. Francis Riddle. And um what, what do you what's your overall thought? Your overall thought after reading Elena knows.
0: I need to read more from this author. That is my Bingo. overall thought. Mm-hmm. Um I, I think what I, I think my favorite part about this book was not just the book, that is a huge piece, but what I really, really, really appreciated was the afterword. Mm. I feel like the background on both um so this book isn't just a mystery. There is a mm-hmm. large piece about this book that is just about like women's rights, specifically in Argentina. And mm-hmm. the afterword touches on the struggle for um abortion rights and body autonomy and all kinds Mm -hmm. of things in uh in argentina and they afterward discusses how our author is is very well known as a crime thriller kind of mystery writer right but she's so much more than that it is like you can be you know a simply just crime thriller writer and just writing crime thriller books, and they're doing their job in the crime thriller space. But right. she her works really take it up a, a notch um, to add in social, social commentary issues. And, mm-hmm. and issues and yeah, and really highlighting things that are wrong or need to be fixed in in within Argentina. So right. I just I need to I need to read more because and the book is just so well written. I mean it the is way, phenomenally written. Oh the way Elena, the all right, so why don't you give like a little synopsis of the story so we can t- talk about it? Because this is all like one day. This it, is a one-day mm-hmm. story.
1: It is a one-day story. Uh so Elena is a um older woman who is struggling with uh Parkinson's and her daughter was recently found hanging in the belfry of the church in her neighborhood and it was ruled a suicide. But Elena knows that is Mm -hmm. not what happened. There are various Mm -hmm. things that come into play where Elena knows that her daughter would never have gone to this church on this particular evening to off herself. And it is the, because it's raining. It is the journey of Elena trying to get to a particular person to get Mm -hmm. help to Mm -hmm. prove that her daughter was murdered and I'm gonna just tell you that the things that were unfolded and revealed in this later half of the book there is no way in the world I would have ever suspected it so when certain people say stuff like I don't really like mysteries and they just you know push this book to the side you all have gotta be a little bit more open-minded because this is so much more than just a mystery. I don't
0: th- really, I don't feel like the mystery title or genre heading really works for this. I don't either. As well as they want you to think it does. I don't I either. I think that Elena is fig- thinks there's a mystery and Elena thinks there's something to be solved. Mm-hmm. And so our character is functioning in a mystery, but the rest of the world isn't, Right, nobody else is. Really, this is one woman struck by grief, struggling with late stage Parkinson's, mm-hmm. trying to come to terms with everything around her and with her daughter and then reflecting back on her experiences with her daughter, mm-hmm. in her life, all these things. And it's, it's a very sad book. I believe I actually cried. It's incredibly,
1: uh- <laughs> it's incredibly sad. And this book also made me, uh, extremely anxious. Yes. The way Piniero describes how elena has to plan and strategize like every piece of her day just to get through it having parkinsons was so heavy it just it, it filled me with anxiety and you know what else i realized what what i felt like i also felt like the pill that Elena has to take that suppresses the um, effects of Parkinson's. I, mm-hmm. I felt like that actual pill was another character in the book. Mm-hmm. That's how present it was. That's how crucial it was. Mm-hmm. That's how important this pill was. That pill was going to determine whether she could stand up on her own a little bit, whether mm-hmm. she could speak correctly. That pill mm-hmm. determined everything. I was filled with anxiety reading this book. I mean, it,
0: Well, I think that the structure that they set up, that she sets up for the book. So the book is broken into parts. Mm -hmm. And I don't even think you start with her morning pill. Like she has to take what, four pills a day. And she's, we're, we're going to assume that she's already taken her first dose. Mm -hmm. And then every part is a different dose of her medications right up until the end. And every time, like Elena has to time everything specifically to those medications, because as soon as they start to wear off, she feels the effects of them. She can't take them too early. She can't take them too late. A lot of the things with Parkinson's is your best thing with dopamine. So actually, if you, I think if you overdose yourself with um, Parkinson's, you can almost give yourself schizophrenia because they're both working out a spectrum of little or no, little or too much dopamine. So Mm -hmm. it's, it's a very interesting disease to the management of it. It's very debilitating. It's, it's, it's so frustrating because she's still, she's still a human and she still has thoughts and feelings but you also see how like degrading the disease is on her it's not just this having to time out your life to these pills so you can walk so that you can feed yourself so you can do it but she's like she was a woman that took care of herself and now you know her daughter she's flashing back on these moments with her daughter where her daughter's telling her she's disgusting because she's covered in to spittle and food and she's she can't take care of herself and she like smells and she's all these things. And yeah. you can see the caregiver fatigue in her daughter. Oh on my top gosh, of it. And I think yes. that's something, and I feel like I'm just like all over the place with this book, but I feel like that is something that we don't talk about enough mm-hmm. anywhere is the, like you're just expected, especially daughters, mothers, wives, women, mm-hmm. You're just expected to take care of people and to be okay doing that yeah. and it's a strain being somebody's yeah. full-time caregiver especially when you're supposed to be a young person you're trying to have a relationship you're trying to have a life this daughter was was attempting to be normal. Mm -hmm. And she really couldn't be because she had to take care of her mother and the resentment that builds over time. from that fatigue is so palpable throughout the entire entire book.
1: And let alone she's actually, she doesn't have time to grapple with the fact that she's losing her mother. mm -hmm. She doesn't have time. There's no time for her to just feel the impending grief that's going to be coming upon her or anything because she's in caregiver mode 24 7. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: and i'm sure there's also a little bit of guilt back there of feeling so angry about what she has to do for her mother but these are all natural and human emotions yeah but you're not dying for the daughter
0: yeah but i don't think you're like allowed to express them like people look down on you if you're like i don't want to do this it's exhausting i mean we yeah. even see it in the hospital sometimes we'll get a patient that's like a full care patient and they've been at home forever and their wife has been taking care of them and now they're at like even worse and now the the wife's like well
1: i don't want them back somebody is walking and up to my door and i feel like they're gonna bring this doorbell at least you don't have dogs <laughs> they, there's no barking just ignore it it's fine oh i'm going to ignore it i just want to let you know go ahead whatever like we see
0: it all the time and and you'll hear like well the wife doesn't want to take the, the patient home anymore um and you're like yeah. there's there is there is like a split camp there's a lot of people that act like that's really bad or just like you get this feeling like they're judging Yes. and there's people that are like, no, I, I get it. Like this person is a total care person. They've been doing it for years. It's only getting worse. They're overwhelmed. They don't want to do it anymore. And there's not a lot of systems in place it, the, between. I mean, it's not that different than than Argentina in that sense.
1: It's hard to get care to, and it's hard to get. It's, it's hard to find a home to put your loved one in. Those things are not easy.
0: I will say that, like, if you have funds of any amount, it because so so like my ex-husband's from argentina and and when his grandmother got very sick uh with dementia um and needed to be put in a home before she got to a home there was a lot of discussion of getting somebody to live in with her Mm -hmm. and it's much easier comparing to america to find um like a live-in maid that also does like some home care oh wow that's incredible and, and It's like compared to what we look at for stuff. I mean, I, your average Argentine, Argentine person probably has a very different perspective on it, but from Americans looking at this, it is cheap and it was, it was an option that we've tried to explore for, we tried to push for a while, but you know, there are other things involved, you know, where she didn't want that, but that option is actually something that if you have the means, you really, and, and not like here, where if you have the means, you also have a yacht. Like if you have the means, like you, mm-hmm. can, you can do it. Um, but still, it's just having someone that six is so hard. It is, it is it's, it's, so, it's very hard. It's so,
1: hard. It's very hard. But you know, as we were, and I wanna find that part, as we were reading, um, and yes, there are, there are many parts where the daughter is talking about basically just how gross her mom has become due to this Parkinson's. But you also read as Atlanta is like thinking back to some, you know, memories with her and her daughter, they seem to have always had some kind of a tension filled relationship. Um, it they seems don't like have a relationship they... like you and your mom. For sure, <laughs> they, they have seem more to of a relationship be like me and my or, mom, <laughs> or arguing about something. So, you know, I don't. It doesn't really say like where those issues stem from or how they got to that place. But it is very clear that they weren't this, you know, all loving, you know, mother daughter, you know, kind of a what you know relationship. They 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 bicker a lot and they seem to butt heads quite a bit. Well, there
0: i think there is one seminal moment where the daughter has to have just lost any sort of desire to have a loving relationship with her mother when her mother decides that something's not quite right with her periods and takes her to the hospital and they invasively check her lady parts mm-hmm. and it is the way it is described i mean you are you are You are clenching, you are crossing, and you are as a woman. Yes. You feel the violation on her behalf. And the fact that this is something that some very cold doctor and your Mm -hmm. mother just decides to to do to you. You have no say. It's bing bang boom. It's and like kick you right out the door and it's it's violating and there's no traumatizing (laughs) there's no anything around that to like yeah um counsel or or there's no there's no softness around that moment and I, I mean I would be resentful of my mother if she put me through that experience and I don't think that Elena when she's telling it sees how violent and traumatizing that was for her even now, how violent and traumatizing that was for her.
1: Well, we we come to realize that Elena doesn't see a lot of what mm-hmm. <laughs> is really wrong. She doesn't really get it. It's almost like she's looking at things out of, out of, a, of, of rose-colored glasses or something. Mm-hmm. She doesn't actually see the wrong or the detriment of a particular decision that was made. She doesn't see the harm that mm-hmm. was done. She just is oblivious to mm-hmm. it. Um, could that be generational, you know, from the time in it which might she be. was, you know, raised, you know, lots of things can play into that, but she definitely doesn't really get it right off the break.
0: But I think I think the sad thing is, and and I I know lots of people like this, so and it's it's sad. I think there's a lot of people that are like Elena that actually do love their children, they mm-hmm. are just incapable of seeing from outside themselves how they come off and the oh effects yeah for sure of their actions they just because they know in their hearts that they love them like they know mm-hmm. that they that they're trying to do what's best um they're not succeeding in this like
1: at all yeah.
0: but all of their intention is in their brain good so they're not getting that it's not coming out like that like when you right. put your daughter uh, through a violating procedure. Um, just because, because you want to get something checked. That's basically all it is. She's like, mm-hmm. I feel like something might be a little wrong. So let me just violate you medically. Yeah. Have them be like fine. And then send you about your merry way and not thinking that this would have any effect on you.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Also, there's a very thin line of the, uh, you know, the mommy knows best. Uh, because a lot of times that can be very much so. You're closed off to really thinking about how you're how how you've chosen to do something to put your child through. How that may affect them later when you when you don't account for how someone else may feel based on what you've decided for them. So there's a little bit yeah. of stubbornness in that too.
0: Yeah, and I think like sometimes there is like you said a generational thing like if you haven't i was actually watching this really interesting uh breakdown of things with the silent generation and boomers so like the silent generation was raised by victorians who basically just i mean there was no emotional support um yeah if you had the money nanny raised you like you didn't it was it was you know, you didn't have all this parenting stuff and psychology and understanding of child development and all this stuff. So they raise a generation who gets given everything, basically. No, they get they raise a the silent generation who doesn't get the skills or have any modeling mm-hmm. um, on how to parent, but they have all the resources, all the things. You know, absolutely. Post war, you'd make a generation of people that have access to literally everything life-changing things they are actually rather entitled as a result of it whether they want to admit it or not and right that that leads to the next generation who has these problems and it's just that it keeps this is not to shit on boomers which we could do in a different thing but right like it's like they, these things affect the next one we can't act like how we were raised doesn't affect how we raise the next generation exactly it just does exactly and you could have all the best intentions like she has all that she elena knows she just keeps saying i know my daughter i know my daughter i know my daughter she knows who she thinks she knows Mm -hmm. she knows the daughter she made in her head and she loves her daughter and she doesn't believe that her daughter would do this because she could not possibly believe that her daughter would take her own life because that is not her daughter she knows her
1: I want to read this. she so doesn't. <laughs> right. I want to read this part on page 49. It says, motherhood, Elena thinks, comes with certain things. A mother knows her child. A mother knows. A mother loves. That's what they say. That's how it is. She loved and still loves her daughter, even though she never said it. Even though they fought and kept their distance. Even though their words were like cracks of a whip. And even if she didn't hug or kiss her daughter, she felt a mother's love. <sighs>
0: Mm. I mean, it's there's a there's I mean, it's a surprisingly jam packed little book, and I love a good book that a good little book that packs a punch. But I think the the daughter isn't. I don't really find Rita all that likable, though.
1: She's not at all. She's very bitchy.
0: (laughs) She's very bitchy. She's overly religious. Yeah. I think yeah. the only person I really liked was Rita's boyfriend, whose name is escaping me.
1: Yeah. And
0: he seemed very kind and caring. He really did. And
1: the... I mean, he's still helping Elena do things. Yeah. And the very police kind. officer,
0: the police officer who, mm-hmm. who Elena keeps, he keeps meeting with Elena.
1: He so, really enjoys she, their little meetings. He
0: enjoys, <laughs> so like, she keeps harping on the police to like,
1: yeah.
0: look into this further. And they're like, no, woman, it's... Stop it. So this sort of demoted, disgraced detective gets given Elena uh, to just deal with her. And he does. And I think that that's the closest thing Elena's getting to therapy is having these lunches with this police officer, just just getting it all out. Like why, Mm -hmm. why she doesn't doesn't think that this happened the way that everyone's telling. Exactly. And we Certainly. know we haven't touched on his, where the hell is she going?
1: <laughs> yeah. So <clears throat> Elena is preparing to go visit this woman that she met through her daughter some years ago. What is her name? Isabel? Mm-hmm. I think that's her name, Isabel. I think and so. she's got this whole plan. She makes her way to get there um to talk with Isabel about what's going on. And ooh, that was that was one stressful journey. I tell you what. Uh, I was really afraid for Elena, honestly, just going out on her own. I, I, I was really worried that the pills weren't gonna, you know, keep working because she did mention something like, you know, although they're somewhat timed, it's still unpredictable. Um, and that. Uncertainty just really made me very nervous.
0: And also, she has a very aggressive form of Parkinson's that doesn't really respond well to most treatment options, is yeah. something that they made sure that we know. So it's like, we, you have even little, like less faith in mm-hmm. her prescriptions working. Yes. Um, Oh yeah, I was
1: stressful.
0: I mean, I was stressed. Like when she gets on the <laughs> subway, I'm like, is she going to get off the subway? But then when she gets yeah. in the cab, so oh like, my this is a whole journey from her house to yeah, um, this place that she doesn't even know exactly. She remembers the outside door. Mm-hmm. She generally knows where it is. It's in a very nice part of our of, of Buenos Aires, and she, she's she's just trying to get there. She can't. She has to. Did she have to walk subway? taxi, something like that. Um, She had to get to a certain taxi stand, and then she could make it to this yep. house. And she gets there. And I was so when she gets in like, like, by the time we got through the subway, I was like, she made it out of the subway. We're yeah, good. when she got to that cab, I didn't think she was ever getting out of the cab. And I thought yeah. that cabbie was going to be horrible. Uh, yeah, I had I thought was so gonna so much
1: absolute jackhole
0: fear that mm-hmm. entire cab ride was yeah. so stressful. And yeah. you're thinking like it's a cab ride. How stressful it could be? This very sca- this,
1: very, very that part where she just kind of just lays down on the seat, mm-hmm. and I'm like, oh no, <laughs> is this it? Like, yeah, are we and done for like, the day?
0: Okay. <laughs> yeah,
1: I just so much worry,
0: so much, so much worry throughout the whole thing. But the twist at the end of this with Isabel,
1: My and goodness.
0: all that. I mean, I feel so bad for Isabel.
1: My heart like broke for her. I
0: feel bad for Isabel for what Rita does does to her. Mm-hmm. I feel bad for Isabel for what her husband does to her. Mm-hmm. I feel I feel so bad. And this is where the 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 women's rights aspect comes into it. This idea that a woman can have a say over how she wants her her life to look and yeah. function and what she wants to do with it down to what comes comes out of her own body or doesn't like is something that until very recently was not an option for women in Argentina. I right. think they didn't get abortion rights until 2020. I almost want to say I feel like it was during the pandemic. Um, yeah, December 2020 was when it's crazy. It
1: was absolutely insane. And now here we are yeah and now here we are you're you're right and now yeah. here we are
0: so mm. I, I mean it's it's I don't want to spoil the end of this because I feel like the the momentum leading up to this moment yeah and then when these two women finally sit down and you get two Ritas that sort of meet and mm-hmm. two Ritas that sh- that the Elena has to reconcile and I felt so bad for for Elena when she gets to Isabelle's so bad.
1: Yeah, because it really was a, uh, it was a earth shattering moment for Elena. You know? Like
0: that's like life altering. Yeah. Everything you've ever believed. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. Everything you've ever known is not quite true. Yeah. It was, it was really fun to watch her go when she was because 'cause I've never been on the subway because you just I just never went on the subway there. Um, but watching her move mm-hmm. through the streets was kind of actually really nice because it reminded me of Buenos Aires and I haven't been there in oh, a few years. That's so like, nice. really nice. Um when she goes by like the Hippodrome, that thing's actually really pretty. Oh
1: <laughs>
0: um So you had a little yeah. nostalgia reading. Yeah, so it was, like, there was like some nostalgia too. Like, yeah, my in laws were like on Libertador, which is like the yeah.
1: Oh, some... that's nice. Yeah, so it's like a weird, nostalgic, nice thing. I love that. I love mm-hmm. that. Yeah, this this whole meeting between Elena and Isabel, it was earth shattering was also a come to Jesus moment, I think, for Elena. Um, yeah. In terms of, you know, grappling with the fact that her daughter committed suicide. And, you know, these are most likely the reasons why. And that's hard to deal with. Do you think it was good for her to know that before
0: she dies, because essentially Elena's going to die soon, like mm-hmm. at some point, her bodily functions just aren't going to happen anymore. And that includes yep. things like breathing and she's just she's done right like, yeah, she is rapidly degrading. She is very sick. Do you think that it was good for her to know this before she goes to know the, new, the the real Rita? Or do you think it would have been better for her to have had the Rita
1: in her head? I think it was good for her to know because otherwise she would still be spinning and not really accepting what her daughter did. Do you feel like she
0: lived very long after finding all this out?
1: No, but I don't think it has anything to do with what she found out. I just think that the disease is so progressive that
0: I don't know. I feel like there's a bit of a determination in her that got doubled down on because she needed to find this out about her daughter.
1: So you think maybe there was a will in her to like live until Mm -hmm. she got the answer.
0: Yeah. And then maybe less so when she did. Because what is know. there to fight for? I mean, we don't really know. These are all just yeah, speculating. Right, There's right. no story. There's no answer to this question. You know what?
1: I don't, I don't, for some reason, I don't feel that way. For some reason, I feel like maybe although what was learned and what uh was discussed was very um was very harsh mm. and um difficult to hear and accept. I kind of feel like maybe it gave her a little bit of peace because I feel like there's nothing worse than you feeling like something else really happened to your daughter and you've got to like figure out what that is versus just accepting what really is. Yeah. And I think having that peace doesn't really mean would... that you just check out in the world. It just means you just have peace and you can just kind of move on and begin your grieving process. Yeah, I see it. Yeah, there's no answer here. There's no, there's no right because we don't know. We you don't know? know. But that, that was the feeling that that I got when you know reading it. I just felt like well, now she can just kind of now go through the grieving process really and just live out the rest of her days for however long she's able to. Yeah. You know, I really which, I, I you know, it doesn't seem that long like. based on this disease, but
0: Yeah. I kinda liked Elena. I she I don't know. She kind of reminded me of a lot of women I've met in my life that have, you know, of a certain age that you know
1: I like. Rita less. Rem- I like Elena more. Yeah, I don't really like Rita. I like yeah. Elena. Everyone's everyone always says, like, oh, Elena's, you know, kind of difficult. And I She is difficult. But, but I didn't I didn't find her unlikable. I found yeah. Rita very, very unlikable, unlikable, but I was okay with Elena. But I like little old ladies too though. Just in general, I like little old ladies.
0: And I think like in my head with Elena, I'm actually picturing my former grandmother-in-law mm-hmm. and like who was an incredibly like impeccable, stylish, put together woman, and then went through dementia and, like the 180 that that kind of life-changing yeah progressive disease does to your 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 person and how Mm -hmm. you're you are not you anymore and like Mm -hmm. that's like the thing that elena is fighting this entire one of the things she's like fighting she's 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 fighting the thing that's making her not elena anymore
1: right right absolutely
0: and then i think you know you're right there's this layer of because that same page where you were reading from right I think you were like on 49 Elena Mm -hmm. goes into a whole thing about am I even a what happens to a mother when she doesn't have they don't have a child are you even a mother anymore
1: anymore exactly
0: like what name does she have now that she's childless has Rita's Mm -hmm. death erased everything she was her illness didn't erase it being a mother Elena knows isn't changed by any illness even if it keeps you from being able to put on a jacket or freeze your feet um, or freezes your feet so that you can't move, or forces you to live with your head down. But could Rita's death have taken not only her daughter's body, but also the word that names what she is? Yeah. I mean, I don't, there's a lot in here. It's a very. I mean, she seems to be more dehumanized by the loss of her daughter than she does by the loss of her
1: own control oh, of her Yeah, body. because. It's so unnatural for a mother to lose their child it's I so I think she unnatural. still has her mind which is a big a- absolutely and when you have children you know you build your life and your world around them and then when they're when they're gone it's like i don't know a, a big piece of your identity it's just like it, it I don't know and like in purgatory almost it's Mm -hmm. i I can't imagine i don't ever want to imagine that i mean it's it's a good question
0: i mean when your husband dies you're a widow when your child dies what are you when your parent dies you're an orphan when your child dies what are you
1: well when your parents die and you're a child you're an orphan when your parents die and you're a grown-up
0: you're still technically an orphan are you though really i mean orphan just means you're parentless
1: Mm. I feel like you're still a mother, period. You've, you're a mother still. There's no word for it, I don't think. I just think There's you're a mother. There's
0: no word. But like, that's the question that... I know. Like, who am I now?
1: Oh, so hard.
0: It's so hard. This book is so good, and I really encourage everyone to read it. And I think, I, I wasn't aware of the, like, the women's uh, rights aspect of this. Going, into I wasn't it, either which is what I was trying to tell you <laughs> the other day when we were recording and you're like, don't say anything. Um, and like, I just feel like that was like this, given everything that's happening in America, that layer right on, smacked on top mm-hmm. of it, reading this in August for women in translation month, but all yeah. this was coming together. It just felt like this was
1: perfection. It really was. Mm-hmm. Um, I Is this her, only book that's been translated into English. I don't know. I don't think there's a lot of
0: them. I feel like there was something else, but I don't know.
1: Well, you know, after reading this book, I can see why it's won these one, two, three, four, five, six, seven prizes. It's it's a phenomenal book. And I mean, it is
0: from 2007, I think it looks like it was published. Mm -hmm. So I mean, it's 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 a
1: it's a it's a doozy i mean i'm not gonna lie i still want to talk about the ending so badly i want to talk about that whole thing with with isabel i really do because i mean that that just whoa
0: and naomi we cannot ruin that sometimes they let us spoil things but we can't I know that one we cannot
1: ruin oh my god just everyone just pick up this book please just and when you got to up. the
0: ending, DM us. Uh-
1: <laughs> yeah, there's so, look, there's so many things. I have so many notes. And I didn't book. have
0: tabs with me at the time. I just was like, I didn't even I just I just have like, you probably can't even
1: see it since pencil. I but mean, like, I, I have so many things. So many things written, written in this book. I had so many questions. So many thoughts. Just it's Oh, I really, I really want more of what she's written. Yeah, well uh, done.
0: Thank you, Charco Press. Yes, and thank you for the afterwards. I feel like that insight into the author and the nuances of their writing is just mm-hmm. phenomenal. And the like history around women's rights in Argentina was just, just added so much to the story if you didn't already
1: know about the struggles. Um, yeah. She has a lot of books and I'm like, who do I need to start a petition? to I don't get know these books translated because I mean I I am she has been writing for more. a really
0: long time um we can try to make Jesus read them to us and translate
1: <laughs> I mean she has got a lot of stuff here my last thing I want to say is um again if you're this is being billed as a mystery but and if you don't like mysteries and you've put this off because you don't like mysteries, just pick it up and read it anyway. It's so much more than get that. over yourself. It's yeah, just it's just so much time. more than that. Be just, just be a little bit more open minded. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway. Fantastic, phenomenal. Uh, I gave it five stars. Yeah, I mean, I yeah, I cried. I gave it. I gave stars. it five stars. I mean, it it, it was just it was just hitting me too hard
0: it was it was really good it was really yeah. freaking good
1: um all right so you ready to talk about what to read next what you wanted did- to read next is the weight of blood <laughs> by <laughs> jackson that's what you need to read next we need to get you a new boom because it i i said this to you before did i just hit it, I'll again? Say
0: it again it sounds like you're smacking a piano every did t- I just do it again
1: i didn't even <laughs> hear at that time
0: maybe not a piano it's like you're hitting your guitar and it's you're just like you're like you're like bam and then it's just <laughs> <ring>. <laughs> <laughs>
1: it's okay yeah, uh, I finished this last week. This is out now. And I got, well, let me read the back first. Okay.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: All right. Uh, it says it was tradition that the outgoing singers of Springville High converged into a caravan downtown on the way to their respective dances. The townspeople would line the Main Street parade route and lawn chairs to catch glimpses of the partygoers in their fine gowns and tuxedos. No one knew it would be the last time that most of them would be seen alive. This is a very racist town. They have the white prom, the black prom, that kind of thing going on. This is like a what, what's the new word they use? A reimagining. I hate all those words of Carrie by Stephen King. Mm. Um, I want to say re- one- Is it
0: just a reimagining
1: because it's prom? It's because uh Maddie has those that telekinesis thing going on as oh, well. Okay. and um and so her mother is black and her dad is white but her dad raised her to be white and she is white passing because she is very 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 light-skinned um he has kept her away from all media there's no social media in their house there's no internet they don't watch regular TV he has thousands and thousands of hours of recorded like old time shows, you know, all Mm -hmm. the old white shows, and that's what they watch um, every day. He has this closet that he puts her into when she's being bad. And it's covered (gasps) with photos of uh, like white female starlets. (laughs) It is very strange. I did a real where I said like, I too am also afraid of Maddie's father and I have in their quote, go to your closet because that's what he would make her do when she misbehaved with To go into her closet. Um, it was just very, very strange. And um, anyway, so things kind of get crazy when something happens and the kids at school find out that she's actually black. I gotta say, this book is so easy to read. I flew through it and I've read all of tiffany d jackson's books this one is my favorite this one is my favorite so if anyone has been following me or this podcast for a while you know i'm not your girl for ya i'm not Mm -mm. your girl she's not but i am the girl for tiffany i'm not really jackson i i like her ya (laughs) and this one is my favorite this Mm -hmm. is my favorite the way that your it's out now he says, go to your closet. Go to your what closet. I'm
0: gonna, so I'm going to say to you, you're bad. Go to your
1: closet. <laughs> go to your closet. Yeah. Out now. So no, Naomi's gonna, on That's
0: what Naomi's going to say when I'm not doing what I'm <laughs> supposed to do. Because I am chaos in a person, <laughs> in human form. listen go to your closet. Go to your closet. Your <laughs> um, I, uh, I'm still working through the pile that I had. I didn't make you pick a number this time. But um, I have Mindy McGinnis's A Madness So Discreet, which I think is
1: that's well, a little older i really enjoy i've seen ones. that cover before
0: it's I really good i think it's okay. good for like us going into spooky season uh grace may knows madness she keeps it locked away along with her voice trapped deep inside a brilliant mind that cannot forget horrific family secrets those secrets along with the bulge in her belly land her in a boston insane asylum grace is banished to the dark cellars where her mind is this discovered by a visiting doctor who dabbles in the new study of criminal psychology. With her keen eyes and sharp memory, she will make the perfect assistant at crime scenes. After escaping to an ethical asylum with the doctor's help, Grace hmm. continues to operate under the cloak of madness and must now hunt a murderer while she confronts the demons in her own past. This is a beautifully twisted historical thriller acclaimed by Mindy McGinnis. It explores the fine line between sanity and insanity, good and evil, and and the madness that exists in all of us. So this was a trip. This was now so much that fun. I good. loved this. Get it? I think this is technically why Wyatt. Cause it's Catherine Tegan books, which I think is yeah. imprints a little young, but it's also on the cheaper side. So that's, oh, that's who
1: did th- this book as well. Ah,
0: yay. Look at that. So I think this is a good one for sort of spooky season. Um, it's like just dark enough, uh, of the sort of triggering storyline. There are some triggering things in here. Um, it's really, it, this would actually probably make a fun show. Hmm. to like use as a, maybe not verbatim, but like to use yeah. as, as like a jumping off point, um, or inspiration for, a like a CWE kind of show.
1: Well, I want someone to pick up the weight of blood. Yes. And also thank you, um, Epic for giving me this advanced copy. I, I hope someone is in talks with Miss Jackson about adapting this.
0: Every time someone quite honestly, says they just need Jackson. to adapt all of her
1: books. Let's just be real about it. They need to adapt all of her books. That's just anytime, what they need to do.
0: Anytime anybody says Miss Jackson, you know what happens with my breath.
1: Yes. All
0: right. <laughs> with my breath. What did I say? With my next thought is.
1: <laughs> I know there's you a need. woo. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh man All right. Anyway, uh, I have
0: to get going because uh, I yeah somebody you can probably hear me booked a hair appointment for the middle of our time that this place is actually open um and we only have like an hour so <laughs> don't get going well we got
1: through it we got through it. we did what we had to do we've stuck to the time limit and um yeah
0: yeah Elena so knows
1: read it get Elena
0: knows read it's this. more than a
1: mystery read this
0: read the weight of blood <laughs> read all the things Read perish
1: Yeah. All right. We're out of here. That'll do it for us. We're out of here. All right. right. Bye. Well, we've come to the end of the show. Thanks so much for listening. We hope you enjoyed this episode. We kindly ask that you go to Apple Podcasts and subscribe to our show and leave a review. That would help us out tremendously. Don't forget to follow TBR Lowdown on Instagram at TBR Lowdown and visit our website for show notes, the link to join our Discord book club and other information at TBRlowdown.com. You can follow me, Naomi, on Instagram at Book Lady Reads and follow Alyssa on Instagram at Nerdy Nurse Reads. Thanks again for listening and for your support. Until next time.